0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. Tonight, as always, our aim is to shed some light on what's happening in the Australian stock market as our goal is to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading. This is also the show where you get to ask us, the stock market experts, your questions and we give you the answers. Now, our topic for tonight is how to find the best tech stocks to trade in 2020. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi Dale.
0: Hey, how you doing? Good and
1: yourself?
0: Very, very good. It's like it's a warm week in Melbourne at the moment. We've hit fifteen degrees today, I think.
1: That'll be a heat wave <laughs> for this time of year, isn't it?
0: It, it was. I can't <laughs> believe how much it's rained though. But mm. uh, but anyway, I mean the the stock market is quite interesting at the moment, I think. We're seeing a lot of action in the US, but we're also seeing a lot of action here as well and a lot of uncertainty. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to tonight's show because I think it'll be um, a real eye-opener for a lot of people, actually. But uh,
1: Yeah, I think the topic is really interesting in itself.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people and we get a lot of people who um, on the phone who talk to us. And so that's part of the reason why I've come up with the topic for tonight is to sort of help a lot of the people that... Um, pick up the phone or they send an email in and it, it really started to solve some of those issues that people do have because a lot of people tell me they know how to buy but um, they really don't mm. so we'll actually go through all that tonight but i'm looking okay. forward to it anyway great all right um you're up oh, i'm i'm up sorry remember if you have a burning question for us <laughs> record a 30 second video and email it to info at wealthwithin.com. Dot au but uh, if you show you can also send us your questions as an email or show if you're on the run from the police but anyway um, but if tonight is your first time watching them may I thank you for joining us and welcome to the show
1: now moving on it is the second Tuesday in the month and this means that we look at the sectors and indices in the Australian Ordinaries index so let's get into the charts right now shall we Okay, on the screen there, you can see I've got the leaders board again, and at the top of the leaders board is consumer staples, and that may actually surprise some of you. Um, to see that and that's more a defensive area of the market. But what's interesting is that what's following isn't typically defensive. It's mm. more, you know, a, a cyclical area of the market. So information technology and we've got communication services, materials is towards the middle of the board there, but still positive at up 2%. Then we've got healthcare that just slipped into the red at minus 0.92. Moving down, we've got energy 0.84% there. And this is the yearly figure that we're looking at right now. And I know that some of you might have, be having to get your magnifying glass out there to see at the top of the, the chart there, it's set to the year. Looking down there, you can see the industrials minus 0.8.9. So, um, you know, that's beating the energy in terms of the downside consumer discretionary. Big one, down almost 10% there, and financials are down 20%.
0: Well, you'd expect consumer discretionary to be down, wouldn't you, really? So, well, yeah. I mean, I, mean- I mean, obviously, with people being unemployed all the you know the shutdowns etc so you expect consumer discretion to be a bit down but can, can, you know, consumer staples like that really yeah, is that's surprising. a really defensive
1: sector isn't it so it's just showing a bit of mm. a shift there in terms of the sectors and what people are thinking but what else are they going to do because the financials are normally the defensive sector and mm. yet they're right in the doldrums and still that's the case there's only a few standout stocks in that area. But, you know, when you're looking at the leaders board and you see a lot more in the red, it means that, um, or like for financials, for instance, and consumer discretionary, it means that some of the stocks in that sector are going to be fine to trade, but there'll be majority that are actually pushing down, particularly Mm. the, the ones that are heavyweights in the sector will be pushing that down.
0: Well, in the financial sector, I think, sorry, in the all ordinaries index, in the top 20 stocks in the all ordinaries index. Eleven are financials, mm. so you're talking about eleven of the top biggest stocks on the All Ordinaries Index are financials. and Yet the All Ordinaries Index has risen over the past three months, yet this this sector, this financial sector, has been down twenty percent. So what's actually driving the market? It can't be too much the top twenty stocks, could it? Well, that's so, and so you've got materials is also in that sort of. Area there. It's just slightly positive, which we did expect it to be better from that sort of stuff. Energy's a lot of big stocks in energy sectors, utilities, you know, some big stocks in that. But it really is interesting to me. So it's showing to me that we're getting not the big stocks driving the market, it's more those mid cap to smaller cap stocks that are pushing through on the marketplace. Which then doesn't surprise me why information technology is. But, but it doesn't
1: there. surprise you then why the market's been trading sideways. No,
0: correct. Mm. Because if they're not pushing through, if we get if you get BHP Rio, the banks and some of the other big financial stocks all rising and the all odds are going to go through the roof, mm. but they're not at mm. this point in time. So where is the opportunity in the marketplace? Now, looking at that yearly, those yearly figures, we can see the bigger picture. Now, often people look at daily figures or weekly figures and say, oh, this is up, that's down. But I think we should this. look at the,
1: the monthly anyway, just mm. to have a look at, see what's happening for the current month.
0: So this is the first two weeks of the month or the first 14 days of the month.
1: Yeah, so there's a bit of a shift there but still communication services and consumer staples are towards the top of the board mm. there even in the shorter term. Um, look where energy is it's closer to the bottom. Consumer discretionary is not quite near the the low where it was before and financials is actually in the in the positive for the month.
0: Yeah, healthcare so. too, another surprise. I mean with the yeah. COVID-19 you'd think healthcare would probably be doing a bit better, wouldn't you?
1: Well, it held up so well. Mm. So, you know, it doesn't matter what the sector or stock is, eventually they've all got to come back and take a breather because cycles dictate what the market does. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I know when we're talking about these sectors, I know there's an old thing in the marketplace for sector rotation and you see that and you see the managed funds do sector rotations. You see at the end of the financial year they start selling down some, buying others to rebalance portfolios to do sector rotations. Now, I know Mm. we don't uh, we don't suggest people do that. As individuals, you don't need to do those sorts of things. It's just about um, balancing mm. out or diversifying, your portfolio properly, which I know we've done plenty of videos on or shows on it in the past. Yep. So, but it is interesting. I would have thought there would we would have seen a little bit more movement over the past month or so in those areas.
1: Look, I'm really not. I'm not surprised mm. to see consumer staples towards the top at this point in time in the market mm. because things are tipping the other way. I just think you know healthcare, um, you know, all sectors have to have a breather and I'm Ooh. quite happy to see healthcare actually come back a bit because it means that there'll be some more opportunities down the track because you can't buy those stocks being so high mm. and it makes it harder for investors to get in at a good price. Okay.
0: What's mm. your sector for the second half of the year?
1: Um, well, the sector that I like for the second half of the year? Look, I'd be thinking right now that, I think information technology will stay interesting, but I think consumer consumer, um, staples will eventually peter out. I think it's going to peak in the second half of the year, but there'll be still some short-term opportunities there. But i would be watching industrials because for any market to really move and turn and mm. change direction, industrials have to move. Yep. So that's also what i would be looking at.
0: Cool. So mm. there's, that's where we'd be looking for some opportunities in the second half of the year. But now it's time to get into your questions. And thank you very much for sending your questions in. Now, first up, we'd like to thank everyone for their questions. And remember, if you do have a question um, or question, the more detail you provide, the more likely your question will be answered by us also if you want your question to have the highest priority remember get your camera in front of your face and do a 30-second video your iPhone your whatever it is shove it all in and send that into you because we love having the videos and first up we do have a video and that one's from Peter so let's play Peter's question right now hi and Janine I've been watching your show for some time now and really get some inspiration from what you guys are saying and how you present I have a question on West African Resources, WAF. I've bought in at about 30 cents. I started to buy with an average cost now of about 54. Um, they've just hit a dollar and I plan to hold on to them to about $2. Um, I believe they're uh, really starting to hit their straps as far as production goes. And they've still got a ways to run, but I'd love to get some feedback from you guys on what you think of this stock and where it can go. Thanks very much for all the info. Bye. What a good question, hey? Mm. What a really, really good question. Thanks, Peter, for, for sending the video on. Another good-looking dude like me, so mm. always like seeing good-looking dudes on it. Looking at the chart, though, it is interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been trending up so strongly over the past mm. couple of months. So often, as we say, these types of stocks, the mining type stocks that have been talked about, mm. In the um, media on broker websites etc they'll take off and then the investors will be getting in late. The positive thing for this stock is it's actually traded through a dollar and we know that that a lot of stocks it once they get through it's almost like a milestone for stocks in the stock market if they trade above a dollar then there's more um, interest from the from the industry looking at these types of stocks so Look, I think that in the short term, it's been going up now for four months straight and it may go up for another couple of months, but I wouldn't expect it to go up a lot more in the next couple of months um, before it takes a breather. So let's just say, you know, it's got the potential to do 10 or 20 percent on the upside more. I'd be watching it closely, though, if it came back below this pattern here, it's actually... Here's um, the mouse. <laughs> it's actually, I just took the mouse away with me. It's, if it goes below that low there, then I'd be really quite concerned about it.
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting. I mean, obviously Peter said he's bought it at around 30, I think 34 cents average price around 50 cents. So he's bought it sometime early last year mm. and he's bought more, he's averaged his price. So if buying last year, he probably, if we go and look at the chart, it will bring it up here on the weekly chart. I wonder
1: chart. how he added more. Well,
0: yeah, that's, that's correct. And that's what I'm talking about. So he's obviously bought somewhere around about, sort of early last year my guess otherwise you know he probably could have bought it back here somewhere around the 30 odd cents too so he might have been just you know buying it through here then he bought more through here maybe bought some more through here i don't know because we haven't Mm. got that information but um generally we wouldn't keep adding to it and 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 whilst we're not in making money there's a lot of rules around where we do that Uh, but the interesting comment was he's holding on till $2. Now, mm. to me, that's an interesting comment of how we actually came up with that figure of $2 because it has to double in price again to get to $2. Yeah,
1: well, it may be that some yeah. broker have said that, look, they think the valuation could be this in the next 6 to 12 months and he's looking at it from that point of view.
0: I mean, yeah, and this is where, I don't know, that's, I know what about you, your thoughts are, but I find mm. that's quite dangerous when you sort of read a broker report and says, oh, it's, gonna, it's worth this much," because... Yeah. What they think is worth right to, right today, what it's worth, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be going to that price. And I think too many people rely on that saying, well, it's going to go to $2 because the broker report said it. So. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily because more data comes out as we go along.
1: And you'd have to be thinking, too, yeah. that there's a lot of people reading that information. Hmm. So there's a lot of people who are probably a step ahead of you, potentially, hmm. in, in that thinking. And so they'll be already thinking about getting out before hmm. anywhere near that level so that they can make their money.
0: Yeah, and the other thing I looked at on the chart and and I I did think, think was interesting you've had this sort of move up here through here which is about six months you've had that move up there which is about six or seven months so when it does move up it doesn't move up for too many months before it falls away again and I think that's another thing you need to be careful of Peter is is it's now been up four months in a row. So how much further could it run? Mm. And you're looking at the speed of this, the angle of this is very, very fast compared to that one. And it's faster than that one. So it's running up faster than it has before, which tells me there's people that have been maybe getting on chat forums and that sort of stuff, seeing the stock and going, oh, I want to get in on this because it's, it's doing so well. And eventually those people run out of money and things turn over and it goes the other way. So just be careful. Stay with it while it goes up. Put a stop loss on it for when it goes down. Right. So that's really what I'm talking about. But our next question is from Helmut. Welcome to the show, Helmut. Uh, the first email question, um, as I said, is from Helmut. And he says, Dear Dale, last week I bought your book, How to Beat the Managed Funds, and found it very helpful. Well, that, thank you very much. Um, if you have time, please discuss the ASX-listed biotech companies. Uh, there are about 22 of them on the ASX. They have often enormous growth potential. Can you please discuss some of the best prospects of a breakthrough? Uh, You don't have to mention CSL or Cochlear. They are out of reach now regards. Helmet. um, I thought that was an interesting comment. I mean. Yeah, I know. I think so too. You know, it's, Mm. well, do you want to start? Ladies first.
1: Well, I think when people talk about stocks being out of reach, I think, okay, maybe they're thinking that they've run on too long, but they're the ones you want to continue to watch. Mm. Because they're the good stocks, big stocks on the market. And, and when they have their pullbacks, that's when you want to get ready and look for those opportunities where there could be some buying, um, you know, present down the track. So I, I would say that, um, you know, don't discount those shares.
0: Yeah, I normally find when people are saying to me that something's out of reach, that they say it's too, it's too expensive. Mm. And to me, and, I, and my question to them is, how do you know it's too expensive? And they and quite often they'll go, oh, it's two hundred dollars, or it's a hundred dollars, or one fifty dollars. It's too expensive. Well, then that's not that's not how you actually determine how a stock is too expensive, mm. because the actual price that CSL or Cochlear is trading that is isn't is irrelevant to whether it's too expensive, unless you compare it to something else, and and you need to compare it to what it's actually worth. If it's worth four hundred dollars and it's trading at two hundred dollars, then it's really cheap. Mm. Um, but if it's actually only valued at $100 and it's trading at $200, then it's expensive. But just looking at $100, $200, $300, whatever dollars it is, mm-hmm. doesn't make it expensive. And I think that's what I see a lot of people do. But we can have a look at CSL, because he said, don't look at it, but let's have a look at oh. it anyway. <laughs> don't do you want to have a look at it. Um, from there, I don't... <laughs> Janine and I don't spend a lot of time in the biotechs because, yeah, you're right, there's a lot of would-be's if they could be's or there's a lot of speculative type of stocks in there. You do see some in there. They're in stage three trials. It's quite hit and miss when you get into those biotechs, and you really do need to know what you're looking at. And I know a lot of people like to speculate on stocks when they're in those last, ch- last phases of trials. And I know you know, back years ago when um, Biota was doing all of that with trying to find the, the answer to the common cold or whatever, it was i can't remember what they were releasing and people were just speculating on it Mm. taking it hundreds of percent and all of a sudden it went bang the other way because the fda didn't approve it and uh, that happened a few times
1: but you don't really need to know what they do it's mm. more about whether the chart's trending up so Mm. if the if the stock price is running and you can actually get in on that there are some opportunities to get in and sometimes it's just a matter of when the price pulls back and then it starts to take off again that there's often opportunity in there on it's not so much. It's about you know picking stocks that have some sort of liquidity, and we've talked mm. about this plenty of times on the show before. Not looking for those stocks that look really sketchy on the charts. Um, probably tonight we'll have somebody, um, you know, have something to talk about. But I'm looking at the list, and they all look like really good stocks mm. for tonight. Oh,
0: they do, they mm. do. But again, so, yeah. Sorry, you. Were, I was kind so, of did cutting you want to
1: talk about the chart of CSL? You're,
0: well, we can. I mean, I'm looking at this stock at the moment. You've got CSL up on that, and it does looking a little bit bearish more recently. So that, mm. to me, spells opportunity, mm-hmm. not necessarily to buy it today, but keep it on my watch list because when this stock turns, it just trends. It's yeah. just a great stock to have in your portfolio. Mm-hmm. So any time it's coming down any sort of decent amount, it's a nice time to really put it on your watch list to, to get into this and stock. And I
1: think the discussion around this is because people are always looking for something now. Mm. And you don't need to. You just need to be patient and wait for the opportunities when they come. Yeah, all
0: good things come to those who wait.
1: Mm. All right. Our next question is: um, We have a question from Harry. Hi, Harry, who says hi, Dale and Janine, loving the show on YouTube. I bought ASX CSL, so it's ASX listed CSL. Again, we're talking about the same stock at two eighty seven back in March, following the share price breaking the pre COVID price run up in January. And subsequent sell-off in February and March. Now, while the share price did perform well into mid-April, it has since trended downwards back to my purchase price, eroding what gains I had made. And I have a 15% stop loss from the April peak, which is a sell price around my original purchase price. Okay, so protecting the downside is Mm. good to see. The historical price trend still not looking good to me, but the recent consolidation of highs and lows is suggesting a short-term sideways movement. Um, is now a good time to further add to my investment of CSL and reset my stop loss? I welcome your insights and criticism of my investment <laughs> decisions. Very good of you. I think he, <laughs> I think he wants my criticism Harry. and
0: your praise. Is that what we do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Um, the answer about
0: adding to your position? No. Um, and you know, it's, that's very blanket. Yeah, right, Why is that?
1: You don't just give him a blanket. Well, <laughs> I know you're direct at times. How well, I know it?
0: I'm a bit direct at times. Can you explain? Yeah, you'd never add to a position. There's one thing I find is people add to positions when they're losing money. So they see a stock falling away and they buy more of it and buy more of it, and then they blow it away mm-hmm. with an excuse saying, I'm dollar-cost averaging, which is the biggest item I've ever seen. Um, it's not good, dollar-cost averaging. But what you need to be doing, you're not in the loss at the moment, so you're saying it's back down to your your price that you bought it on. It doesn't mean add to more of it in the hope that it's going to go up. So uh, always add into strength. So if a stock's moving up and you're making money out of it, you don't want to add to it and double your position or increase your position by 50%, only to see it keep falling away and you're losing even more money. So only ever add when you're Absolutely, 100% certain it's going up, and you're already in a profit. Now I could fine tune that a lot more, but that's the sort of stuff we teach our students. But right now, you are correct. CSL is moving down a little bit, Um, and you know, look, you may be bought it at the wrong time, but it's good to see that you've got a stop loss on the stock. And I would stick to that 15% stop loss because looking at that chart, I mean, obviously, you know, it has fallen away a little bit. He bought it probably somewhere in here when it started to move up, possibly, or he could have bought it through here or even down through but right now it is moving down um, this is the current bar which is only two days within that bar yesterday and today so um, we can't read a lot into that but if it does break below that bar there which is What's the low of that? Two seventy-five fifty. Um, it's highly likely to travel a lot further, but you know, in in price. But again, I'd still keep that on my watch list. Just stick with your stop loss. I really would stick to your stop loss. And if it does trigger, get out of it. And then, if it does find some support and starts to go up again, then I would look at getting into it. Because it's this given is, a
1: number of reasons to exit uh, on the weekly chart, but on the monthly chart, yeah. um, also it's given something and and you you, you trend lines from the book. If mm. people have read Dar's book. Mm. are going to come into play potentially very soon. Um, they have already been so on the weekly chart, but on the monthly chart, if the, if this stock breaks that trend line, then it could come down quite a bit more.
0: Yeah, it is, and it will, and I totally agree with you um, with that. Now, I know we've got another question on CSL, so let's go through that one again. So we've sort of working on CSL a little bit at the moment but it is interesting so the question we've got is from Ashley he says hi Janine and Dale uh, thanks again for putting on a great show I love Janine's weekly reports while you're away Dale I love them too because I didn't have to do them and I said I'm retiring and she said no you're not um, <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't let me do it I had to come back and, and do the show but he said a quick question on CSL I bought in at 293 um, in May and have a 10% stop loss on it it looks to me like it's beginning a downward trend. Uh, just wondering if you have rules around getting out before a stop loss. Would love your thoughts on it. Cheers, Ashley. But the mm. thing is, it's this is... Well to, to give the answer actually the question, yes, we do have rules on getting out before a stop loss. Now, whilst we talk about in our book, um, you know, a 15% stop loss, our average loss on a stock, if we get stopped out, is around about 9% roughly. So we use a lot of technical rules around it. I can't show you those technical rules here because um, I could only do it on a very high level and then you wouldn't be able to really um, replicate them on a consistent basis. You really need to understand a lot of depth behind it, and but it brings up... You know, if you've got a 10% stop loss on it, then stick with that. If that's what you've deemed to to do that. Yeah, I still think it's looking like it'll fall away, like we said a little bit earlier, but we get a lot of people and and where I want to go to with this is... Over the last couple of weeks I've had a few people on the phone and a few people sending in emails all saying to me they've been trading for three to five to ten years and some even 20 years mm. and they isn't inconsistent with their trading they go look I'm buying I know how to buy stocks you know and I'm getting into all these stocks but I really struggle about getting out and when to get out of the right right spot and how to pick the right stocks and everything else so to me if you're buying the wrong stocks you're not going to get out with the right stocks at the right time and so they tend to be a lot more hit and miss in their trading, um, and I've had people saying to me, "Hey, look, I bought your book, and but I'm okay, you know." And I go, "What do you mean you're okay?" And they go, "Well, I've got your, you know, I, I was been trading for ten years, but I'm okay." And I went, "Well, why did you buy the book if you were okay? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me that if somebody would buy a book or watch a YouTube video if you know how to trade, mm. if you know what I mean. I'm not trying to be rude to people, but it's about." understanding rules to buy, understanding rules to sell, understanding how to find stocks. And we're going to cover some of that tonight Mm -hmm. and understanding how to put your portfolio together, not just guessing at things. And that's where I find the majority of people that I talk to on the phone who are inquiring about things or I get emails for. Mm -hmm. And I know when I'm chatting to my team who are talking to people, they're constantly telling me about people that saying, oh, I'm a trader, I've been trading for three years. And when the team asks them, well, how do you trade? Most people can't articulate most of what I've just said into any sort of something that makes sense to somebody else, Mm -hmm. you know, in terms of well, what process do you take to go through and pick a stock? What process do you take to put your analysis on it? What process do you take to buy? What process do you take to sell? How do you manage your portfolio properly? And that's all answers on some of these questions. If you understand that, then when you'll know when to buy and when to sell, you'll know how to sell and you'll know multiple different exit strategies outside of stop loss. So right now, just stick with the 10% stop loss that you've got on the stock. Um, If you want a 15% stop loss, that's great. Uh, It's really, really up to you. But you've got a great stock. Just right now, it's not so great, but Mm -hmm. it will become great again because CSL is one of the best stocks on our marketplace. And if you go back 20 years, I think for memory, it's the biggest gross stock in our market over the last 20 years.
1: Look, I just want to add something to that, and I, I was—I thought it was really good the way that he worded the question. It was because it's not just about a stop loss. See, because when people mm. first started talking to us, they—they they would say things like, "Oh, well, what do I do?" And we would say, "Well, okay, you need to add rules." Mm. And they would go out and buy a stock, and they would say, "Well, I know how to buy a stock," and we would say, "Well, you probably don't." You don't. Um, but then they don't know how to sell the stock, and they admit that. Mm. But what I'm finding more and more now is people are saying that they set a stop loss. Mm. So I think we're, you know we're actually having an influence on a lot of people, which is mm. awesome to see. The other side of it too is it's about managing the trade. So it's not you were asking about about the stop loss. It's not just a stop loss, as in an initial stop loss which is below your buy price. It's about having a stop loss in there, which is a, which is we call a trailing stop loss. So that's when we when we're referring to rules, we're talking about those trailing stop losses, which are in addition to that initial stop loss. So, Mm. you know, that's how you're going to manage CSL when you're trading it. And the only way to really know the best way to do that is to actually learn how to determine that from the history of the share properly which is what we Mm. teach people. So, you know, if that's something you want to learn to discover for yourself, because there's probably only about, I would say less than 2% of the population are doing this. Oh, very few. So, and you'll be in that group of people who can actually see something more than what brokers that you might be talking to would even know. Um, So I think it's really important that question that he asked, because it's not just about the, it's not just about you know, pressing the button to buy and setting a, an initial stop loss, it's about having those trailing stop losses in place as well so that you can actually profit from it.
0: Yeah, I think I think just to finish up on this question, is I, I find a lot of people use the buy and pray method. They mm. buy and they, they pray it goes up. But to me the level is if you buy something and you're not sure – when you're buying it, then you don't know enough or you haven't done enough work. Mm. And if you find yourself worried about a stock you own and not sure how to get out of it, or you're worried about whether it's going up and you're worried about it or whether it's coming down and you're worried about it, again, that's another big signal that you don't really know enough and that you need to do so, but don't assume that you know it. Mm. Um, And it's not hard, it's just learning some simple rules around managing the process because what's more important, buying or selling? Well, it's when you sell it's selling mm. but most people would spend more of their time looking about what to buy and taking tips so they'll yeah, go because to- the
1: old adage with property is when you it's when you're buying Mm. Um, because you've got to buy cheap. You've got to buy the what is it? The cheapest house in the worst street, or something? The, the, or the worst yeah, house? Yeah, the, the, the worst house
0: in the best street. Best
1: street. Yeah, close. So you go to <laughs> you go to buy a property. That's a totally different rule mm. um, to what you're talking about in the stock market. Yeah, it yeah, is. You need to have different rules and a different mindset. Mm. But it was just interesting that the reason I raised that is because someone was mentioning that to me the other day. Mm. Trying to come across from property to the share market is not easy for it's, people.
0: It's a bit. Yeah, it is a different set of rules. But in a day, it's still mm. a process you take. Yeah, and that, and that's really what. We're trying to say to people is just to have a, to have that set of rules because otherwise you're guessing. And, and as I said, too many people tell me they they get their tips from the newspapers or the you know people around the water cooler at work or they on worst place chat forums and places like that. So they get all these tips about what to buy, but who tells you when to sell? Mm. And that's the point. And so selling is far more important understanding that. So we'll talk a bit about that tonight anyway.
1: Now, remember to hit that subscribe button um, and, and like the
0: Like our video. <laughs> also
1: remember to share the video of tonight's show. on on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can grow and help more people. Absolutely.
0: I'd love to help more people. Now, looking at uh, time we get into our topic for tonight, which is how to find all the nice segue, wasn't it, from what we are talking about then, is how to find the best tech stocks to trade in 2020. Now, you can use the same process for other stocks as well, but we know that finding stocks to trade is one of the biggest challenges for those new to the market and uh, uh, let alone looking at stocks in a specific sector, which can seem really, really hard for the masses or or cause mass confusion with people as we were discussing a second ago. So tonight we're going to show you how to find stocks in the tech sector and also explain the next step, which is how to narrow down your search to find the best stocks. Because I know about you, but I find people go, there's 500 stocks on the All Ordinaries Index. How do I find what to buy? And that's where people get stuck and you don't have to do that. So it's about making it simple. So, But you see, those of you who've managed to pick a few winning stocks in the past couple of months uh, in that recent rebound you may have been lulled into a false sense of confidence as the second half of 2020 where picking will be a hell of a lot more challenging and therefore picking the best stocks in the second half will require a little bit more skill than luck. And we find there's a lot of people with a lot of luck at the moment, um, not actually a lot of skill. Now, the best thing that you can do is to not assume that the stocks that performed well in the first half of 2020 will continue to do so in the second half of this year. Now, we also share with you three key principles that you can start using straight away, which you cannot afford to ignore if you want to profit from the stock market this year.
1: Now, the problem for those new to the market is they follow other people when trying to find stocks because they just don't have a process. And this causes them to take tips from friends, chat forums and to listen to people with vested interests who are pushing stock opportunities for free. But it's not really free when you understand why they're encouraging people to buy.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Now,
1: the most important thing that you can do from here is to have a process. And as Dale was saying, and this must include, among other things, uh, the following three criteria. So get ready for this. Understanding direction, which we have talked about before on the show, knowing the liquidity of the company's stock, really important to have bigger stocks liquid so that you're actually not exposed to too much volatility on the market, and your analysis including buy and sell rules. Now, it's about having a set of selection criteria when you're looking for stocks for your portfolio, which you'll be, um, find actually makes the whole process simpler. And this will give you the confidence to continue to invest in the market when most others will have given up. Now, remember, everything we do in training people about how to trade involves having a process that you'll use in your preparation before you trade and for each time that you take a trade. Now, we've put together a very simple way for you to get started, so let's begin looking at the top, um, starting from the top to find stocks in the tech sector, then we'll discuss the criteria
0: okay so what we're going to do is just bring up i'll put my glasses on so i can actually see what we're going to do but basically we're looking at big picture first and that's really what we want to do so if you want to find stocks if you want to trade stocks in the tech sector you've got to figure out what they are so looking at your screen i just spent two seconds googling um this afternoon i mean i know where we janine and i go but i just wanted to see what what happens when you just google top tech stocks, ASX tech stocks. And up came a site uh, that you see here on the screen. It's just called ListCorp. And these came up um, on the site. And you can see all these are tech stocks. Now, I just clicked on market cap. You can see the little arrow there. And so if I click on it, it'll go from lowest to highest or highest to lowest. Now, we want to trade the stocks with the highest market cap. Now, a lot of people ask, why would you do that, Janine?
1: Well, look, I mean, a lot of people are trying to look for the next big winner or the the pick the um, you know, stocks that are still evolving and developing because the, they th- see that there's the potential for them to grow much more. But you you can you're more likely in terms of your probability to make, that 10 or 20 percent from a stock that's a big stock that you know if the if that area of the market's going up then it has to be the big stocks that are driving it anyway mm. and so the big players in the market the institutions will be putting their money into these stocks but i mean we're not promoting this particular website or in any way it's just what as dale said it's what came up um, in the search but there are other sites as well that you can get this information from so
0: yeah there's quite a few isn't there i mean i just yeah. I just as I said I just typed it in just to show you how simple it is to find the tech stocks in the Australian market. You can find them on the ASX website. You can find them on Morningstar's website. But the SP, and I think it's at s yeah. yeah. is where you find lists of all the sectors and everything else. A little bit more complex than the website. I think I get lost in it every now and again, but that's where they make up all the indices for the ASX. So that's a place where you should go to get a lot of information anyway. But going back to the list, let's just have a quick look at it. And we can see here with the stellar rise of after Pay because a lot yeah. of what's been happening with after pay is it's on a euphoric rise of what they call, call rampant speculation right now. And what that means is every man, woman, dog and child is getting it or pushing it above where it should actually be. Mm-hmm. So it's pushed it right up into the number one ranking on market cap at 19.94 billion. So if we all we would do is just go down to the top 10 or top 20 and look at it because these are likely to be the highest Volume stocks in terms of trading volume. Now you've got the wax stocks in here. You've got zero in here. You've got WiseTechs in here. You've got Altium in here. You've got Appen in here. You you
1: missed one.
0: NXT, NextDC. No, that's not a that's not a wax stock.
1: Okay, you're looking at
0: the wax stocks. Yeah. So I'm just looking at the wax stocks. So they're all in here. So I'd be looking at all of these. So I'd shortlist the top 10 that they've off with, but then maybe you might even look out to the 20, the top 20 by market capitalization. because you're looking at the biggest stocks. And the reason why they're the biggest stocks is because they're the best managed, they've got profits, they're doing well to be at that top. And they're the stocks you want to get in. You don't want to try and pick the speculative end of the market in hope and doing that buy and pray method that we talk about.
1: Well, that, that can change, mm. like in terms of whether they're doing well or not can change from time mm. to time. So you still have to keep an eye on the fundamentals and see what's happening with these, companies mm. and and the challenge with these companies is sometimes the fundamentals don't look great, correct? But the chart can look really good. So this mm. is where the criteria that you set for your portfolio in terms of your selection—you have to think about this in advance and think, well, okay, if I'm going to be investing in this type of sector, is it what term am I looking for? Mm. What time frame am I looking for? And, and am I just looking at whether the company's going up, or mm. am I looking more deeply into it?
0: Can mm. I ask you a question before I show the next little screen? Is how often have you spoken to somebody and asked them? what criteria they have for selecting stock and do they come back with an answer with a criteria?
1: Most people, know don't have anything. Yeah,
0: Yeah. so what we're actually saying to you is, have a criteria, what is your criteria for selecting a stock and then how do you do it? That's really what we're doing. So the criteria is let's find the top 10 stocks in that sector. Next step we're gonna do is go and look at the ASX website and the reason why we're looking at the ASX website here, if you go to the asx.com.au and you click on prices and research, this tab here, you can see here, this is all the prices. So we go to company information, and then you get this list. And this is the list of every single listed company on the ASX in alphabetical order. So if I want to go to after pay, I just go down in alphabetical order, go down till I find after pay. And as I said, it's Can't just- Can't you type a, it in the search? Oh, I probably could, but here it is. It's somewhere here, there is, where is it? After pay, somewhere yep, here. Yep, right there. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, I clicked on the wrong one. You click on here. So when you click on that hyperlink, if I click on it, you'll see after pay details will come up here. Now you can see the daily volume, 3.4 million shares. You can see the market cap. You can see a whole lot of things. It's 52 week high and low. So you can tell whether it's liquid. So from a liquidity point of view, this is the second criteria. Looking at what stocks are. I mean,
1: we've, we've already looked that it's li- at liquid, but how much does this really help somebody, this hmm. page? I don't think it does.
0: Well, it does in terms of liquidity. So if I want to buy a stock, Mm. I want to make sure it's liquid. So what's the minimum liquidity we'd be looking at? Three Mm. million shares a day or $3 million a day or... Five million shares a day, but, or $5. but that's like
1: us giving them a prescription and telling them what they should look at. Is that what you're suggesting that yeah. we should do? That
0: yeah. Mm. So what should they? They shouldn't be looking at something that's only with if the amount of trading is three or four hundred thousand dollars a day because mm. that's very low liquid. So they need to be trading a stock that's in a few million dollars trading a day.
1: Yeah, I think the real mm. test is to sort of look at it and say, well, okay, mm. if you put X amount of money into this stock and you go and look on the market and see what mm. the volume's like on any one day during the day, it. Mm. It really helps because if you were to put in, you know, $10,000 trade into a small stock, you're probably going to move the share price. Yeah, it could be. So, yeah. you know that you might not be able to get out of it. And it's interesting to watch it. We were talking actually I think it was last week or the week before, we had a guy on mm. the show who was looking at the depth in the market and we said that yeah, doesn't yeah. really help you. No. But when you're trading stocks at the lower end, it can help you because if you haven't looked at that to see whether the volume dries mm. up when the when the and volatility in the market increases, then you'll have no idea about what the market would be like and the market may dry up on you
0: yeah Mm. so the last thing i want to show people and if you just keep scrolling down you see all the announcements so have a look at what the latest announcements of so once we've got that and have a look at it saying we pick some stocks we know the liquid we know there's plenty of volume going through the stock so we like all of that then what we do is we then go to the to the um uh, fundamental data. So then we might go onto your broker side and look at its EPS, its dividend yields. Is it got? Is its earnings per share growing? So you want to see that over the next one, two, three years that its EPS is growing, and you want to see preferably it's paying a dividend. If it's not, not a big deal, but you do want to see growing earnings per share and dividend yield, possibly then the last step that we take is going to the charts. So but, but let's, so, yeah. you,
1: so what? just to sum up where we've come to so far, because mm. we've gone through this reasonably quickly. So what you're saying is that they can do a Google search to find technology stocks and Correct. find a list. The next important thing you talked about was looking for the biggest, most liquid stocks, because Correct. they're always going to move that area of the market and narrow it down to the top 10 or 20 of those and then go through and find a selection of them. So then it's about educating themselves on, is it the some of the liquidity of the, the the particular stocks if they're higher market capitalization they're more likely to be liquid anyway Correct. Um, but then it's just narrowing it down the criteria so you're encouraged what we're encouraging you uh, Mm. to go away and set some criteria for your portfolio so for example um in your book you talked about um you know certain liquidity so if i think we talk about it in the course as well if it's um what is it a million units of um a, a week well,
0: it should be more in dollar terms. Always bring it back to dollar 3 million, terms. Three million,
1: yeah. three million dollars or something like that. You know, if it's less than that mm. being traded on any one day. Then and we that's do gonna... have
0: fundamental criteria in the book as well for people mm. to filter on so so it's about finding the stocks and then applying some analysis to that so some both yeah. fundamental and technical analysis so okay. so most brokers websites will have the fundamental analysis so if you're looking at Afterpay you'd go to the Comsec or whatever it is look at its fundamentals look at its earnings per share look at its dividend yield, look at whether it's got growth potential from that point of view and then you'd start bringing up a chart and looking at its trending and making sure it's trending well uh, which it is at the moment I mean it's up, trending up but what you also want to find stocks that have been like a CSL we looked at that's been trending down for a while but it's got good fundamentals for when Mm. it turns because you don't want to buy a stock after it's already run and that's what a lot of people are doing right now is getting into afterpay and it's been running for quite some time. So I know we've got a couple of stocks to bring up and show them, yeah?
1: Yeah, I mean the the concept was to look at the the biggest, a handful of the biggest ones and we Mm. narrowed it down to just three because they were the bigger ones. Not not for any real Mm. reason other than that they were large stocks. So um, looking at the... So bring up the chart now. The top three. So we've got here Afterpay. So you can see on the screen there this is trending up. Clearly, you can see that. So we're mm. looking for stocks that are trending up. The only challenge with this is the steepness of the trend. It's not a normal trend. It's an accelerated um, mm. trend that's it's about euphoria. So it's looking at that and saying, OK, is that going to be sustainable? We don't think it is at this point in time. So if I was to look at zero as the next stock, does this stock trend nicely? Look at the monthly chart. History shows that there's a really nice trend there. In terms of liquidity, though, um, you know, I'd have to go back and I'd be Wanting to look at the volume to see what um, you know where we're at with volume on the on the stock, so we're looking at volume across here. It's typically over about nearly two million a week, which is okay. I mm. mean um, that's reasonable and it's good from a you know it's a night we're talking about an eighty or ninety dollar stock. So, you know, that might fit the criteria in terms of being acceptable. Um, so zero is looking fine. It's it's trending up again. It's just broken to a new all-time high. That can be when a stock reverses and comes back. But this is a stock that's got enough history that you could find some really good rules to mm-hmm. buy and sell this particular share. And because it trends nicely, we could potentially get trend lines Correct. on it. So that's a stock that would probably have a big tick on it. Um, computer share is another one. but. Look, I'd say since it listed overseas, it's really just, you know, gone south. It's just done. It went up initially um, when it listed on an overseas market and then has traded south again. So, look, this is always a good stock, but it's not necessarily the top of my picks at the moment in this area. Um At times it will be a good stock to trade. See, see, look at those Mm. nice trends. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for the direction to be up. So short-term direction is up. But what does it tell you about Mm. um, what's happening more medium-term? Well, nothing yet because mm. at the moment it's just sideways short term. So you don't know whether the stock's going to turn around and go back up or whether it's going to fall away at this point. So that means that I wouldn't be jumping into it right now, but because it's a nice big stock, it's mm. liquid, it ticks the boxes. So I'd be going through that process and ticking the boxes to determine whether it fits all of the mm. criteria.
0: Two other stocks that I'd probably just quickly mention to have a look at is Wise Tech and Appen. I think both of those stocks. Do you
1: want me to that... wrap it up or quickly? Bring no, it up? we can wrap it up.
0: We've got time at yeah. the end of the show. We'll okay. bring, we can bring those up, but I would actually suggest people go and have a look at those. I had a look at Wise Tech the other day, and it's it's been trailing behind a lot of the other tech stocks. Mm. So therefore, those sorts of ones I like to look at, so once they start trending, they start moving up. But mm. again, Janine and I are just really doing it at high level here, just scratching the surface in what you could be doing or what you should be doing. But at the, the end of the day, the bottom line is, keep it simple. Mm. But keep a have a process. Don't just guess or take tips from anybody. Know why you're buying, know why you're selling, and know how you're managing it. Um, and that's really the key to what we're talking about. But
1: uh, All right. Now let's get into uh, some more email shall we? This is the juicy part of the show. And before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on the like button. Now, we have a great question from Jake. Oh, thank you, Jake. Hi, Dale and Janine. Great work on the show. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Bravura Solutions, BVS. It looked like it was going to challenge its previous highs mm, in February before falling away with COVID. And I was looking to take a position if it can continue uh, now to move up towards 480 to $5 mark. Interested in your thoughts on this stock? Thanks, Jake. Now, I've got um, Baravura Bravura Is Solutions. Like a, yeah, I can, I can you know, never you, say you sent that one in on purpose, didn't you, Jake? Bravura. Yeah. Just to get me tongue-tied. So looking at that, you can see uh, the correction that, w- that um, came with COVID. So while it was a really rapid decline for, lot, mm. for a lot of shares on COVID, it's actually a nice little pattern mm. that's unfolded for the stock big picture. Now I actually like this one if it manages to, to hold up um, and trade back above this recent high in July, so the high of 474, I think look, it's it's got promise, I think so, um, you know, you're asking about this share and, and our thoughts on it and what, what we think about it and right now I'd say that it looks okay, it's not this week it's actually down low but a lot of stocks have fallen already this week so I wouldn't um, be too concerned, I think that's mm-hmm. a market move, it might take out this low here and short term come back to find support somewhere around the $4 mark, so uh, around could be a psychological resistance level. And anyone who's holding this stock, you know, you need to have a stop loss on any stock. But if your stop loss is actually, um, if you're not able to hold it and allow it to find support at around the $4 mark and trade it more medium to longer term, Mm. then I'd be saying to you that, you know, you've got to think seriously about um, your exit strategy on it. Okay. I mean, look at the monthly chart. If the stock's able to get above this May high, then gee, that could be really good for a medium term. Oh, look, I think
0: that would be a beautiful place, you know, Mm. if it got through that and do very, very nicely. But you're right. I mean, the last couple of days it's been a little bit weak. If it closes high at the end of this week, that would make it really exciting. Yeah, that That would be really exciting. If it keeps going down and closes low, then the chances of it still falling away next week and and falling below that other uh, trough that Janine was talking about does get a bit higher, but hey, just if you're not in it, just sit back and wait. Pretty much, but uh, the next question we do have is from uh, some another good-looking gentleman called Peter, who asks, "Hi, Dale and Janine, uh, love your show, and thanks for the great topics you discuss. That's our pleasure, mate. I'm very glad I found you guys. I'm one of those statistics that was released from the <laughs> ATO regarding new accounts being created during COVID. Um, I'm not. We shouldn't laugh at that, should we? No. no. I think
1: it's great that he's Just, put it in. He
0: there. is very good that he's put it in and being. Uh, Being honest, and yeah, there was a lot of accounts, it was 3.4 times normal. Accounts were open during with um, March, April there, and uh, most of those, all of those new accounts, most of those were largely uneducated. But Peter goes on to say, I'm a long-term watcher of the stock market but decided to enter during the pandemic. Um, I've since found your channel and bought your book, which I'm still reading. So fantastic. Thanks very much, Peter, for that. Um, I'd like to say I've bought good stocks, but I've likely just been lucky. <laughs> Can you please let me know your thoughts on a stock which is called CVN or Um, Can Arvin Petroleum. um, I bought at 12 uh, 12 cents or 12.6 cents, um, but now given the future outlook on the oil price, I don't believe um, projections will go ahead for the near future. With my limited knowledge, I believe this stock is going to continue trending down and thinking of selling the stock before I lose more profit. Thanks, Peter. Good question, isn't it? Yes. Thanks, Peter, for that. That was really good. And uh, thank you for being open with what you're doing and everything else. And yeah, there was a lot, a lot of people getting in in March, April with fear of missing out. who have been watching the market for a long time and then, wow, all these great stocks mm. at low prices. So they're going jumping all in. And that's really what... Um, it's interesting i saw a chart and just did a little segue before we answer that i saw a chart recently where it showed the participation by the big end of town into the market and the participation by retail investors and there were just two line charts and the two lines the the big end of town were going down and the retail investors were going up and Mm. the lines were coming down so more and more retail people were getting in Mm. and more and more big end of town and and the, I won't say the smart money, but I'm just saying the big, mm. uh, big funds and everything, the more they were getting out. And so it's interesting to see that happening. And, and Peter's obviously openly said that he was part of that rise in retail investors. The interesting thing is that retail investors will run out of money and then the market will tip over. And so we're seeing a lot more rampant speculation right now than what we should be seeing. Yep, and that really stresses Janine and I a little bit. But let's go and have a look at the stock. What more do
1: you from, think? Not, it doesn't stress us out from our point of view, but it, in terms of the trading the market. But it's more about mm. what's going to happen to people that we want to do well.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry, I should have mm. qualified that. Yeah, I mean Janine and I know what we're doing, whether the market's going up or down. So we're not too, we're not worried about it. But we're more worried for what's going. It may happen for you because we saw so many in the Bitcoin boom, and we saw people in the tech boom bust, and we've mm. seen people on the flavour of the month stocks, losing money. We've Mm. we've seen all of that over the last 20 zillion years. Not for you, you it's only the last couple of years for you. But we've seen it a hell of a lot. Zillion
1: years? How many years?
0: But it is, we see people and we've seen seen the blood on the street so many times with people trading that don't know what they're doing. And that's why we say what we say here and why we try to not sugarcoat things and to say it like it is. So but thank you, Peter, for being so honest. Let's look at the stock.
1: Carnarvon Petroleum, our CVN. We mm. can see there the monthly chart. Well, it's literally gone straight up in 2018 and then come all the way back down again. So you're right. There's not much interest there right now, and it's got to do a lot. We still profit. Look, the challenge is with this type of stock, mm. and because it's trading so low, and, and you know, investors mm. are often thinking about how much money they can make from a 20 cent stock. They are. But it doesn't have to move far on the chart physically. When you're looking at the analysis. Um, to, to go into mm. a loss and to be taken out again. So this is where it's really risky, these types of stocks. It doesn't look like it's a big move. Because most people aren't quick enough.
0: And, and what I find with people with these stocks is they, if they buy them for $0.10, cents, say, and it goes up to 20 They go, wow, mm. it's made $0.10. Cents. I've doubled my money in the last six weeks. And if it starts to go down, they don't sell out because they go, wow, I've doubled my money in the last six weeks. it mm. could do that again. Yep. But if it gets back up to $0.20, cents, I'll sell it. Mm. And then it goes down to $0.14 cents or $0.12. Cents, and then they go, all oh, and then it starts to move back up. Again, and they get to 18 cents, and they go. Oh, it's nearly there. I won't sell until I get to that point, and then it goes back down again. Mm. And they turn a good trade into a long-term investment because yep. the stock just keeps going sideways on them mm-hmm. or down. Uh, or how many of you seen where people have lost 80, 90 percent and they've held it for years? Mm. I just, it's just phenomenal amount of people that do that. I'm not saying that's going to happen on this stock. But well, I don't right think that's now.
1: what Peter's doing because he's only no. just got into it. But, but what's the exit strategy? Well, look, that's the challenge, isn't it? Because it's, it's fallen 27.5% mm. in just a couple of months mm. and it doesn't look much on it, on the chart. It looks like a nice orderly pullback mm. on, the, on it but it could come back lower and that's the problem right now. So it's mm. about having rules right now. I mean, it's, it's all about the stop loss. Whatever mm. your initial stop loss is, you've got to manage it with that. Mm. Um, if it goes back up and it starts heading back above of these highs here, then I think it might be alright more uh, medium term, but it's yeah. got a
0: lot to prove. So Peter, mm-hmm. set a line, line in the sand of what price that you want to accept if it keeps falling further and get out of it from that point of view. If it goes up, stay with it. That's pretty much what it is.
1: Alright, our next email is actually from Cam. Thanks Cam. Next uh, we have a, uh, it's from Oh, sorry. Hi, Dale and Janine. Just wanted your thoughts on the Citadel Group. Uh, CGL, it seems to have been moving sideways for some time. It has tried to break the 3.80 mark three times since April and has reversed back down. It also seems to have resistance just over $4 at the end of 2019. I'm looking for a medium-term position, but I will assume it would be best to look at it once it has actually broken the resistance. So... Um, I would suggest that it's better um, above that resistance line. That's what you're talking about, Cam, I think. So thanks for the great show, guys. Um, Thanks very much, Cam. All right, Citadel Group. We can see there on the left-hand side again, this is a little bit patchy. I just want to have a look at the volume. So we're talking about liquidity Mm. as a criteria before, so I think it's important actually click on the right thing, um, volume <laughs> right there, um, you can see there that uh, the volume spikes are huge through COVID, mm. so I wouldn't go on that volume at all. I don't think that that's realistic. So if I if I just throw my crosshair on there for a minute, I know Dale hates it when I put this on there, but um, I've got control of the mouse right now so look out. Yes ma'am. Um, so it's less than a million a week typically before mm. COVID is what it would do and now we're looking at you know some t- way away above that. We're talking about um, one and a half a million a week, so at the current volume it 's actually all right, but in normal conditions prior to that mm. so it 's going to be interesting to see what the volume is when it settles down into some sort of normal yeah. uh, however it, this thing 's got to jump hurdles for me to really be interested in it and it I would suggest that um, you know it's good that he's pointing out all this resistance here. But if if the stock trades back above these highs here, it could actually be quite good short term. But it's got a lot of hurdles to get through. Correct. So three seventy, it would need to break above. If it starts to pull back below these recent lows here in May, then I'd be really concerned about Mm. the share on the downside. What about you?
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of stocks. The market seems to be slowing down its momentum at the moment. Mm. So therefore, as I said, it's really sort of a time now for people to put that line in the sand and going, if the market does fall away or the stocks fall away, Mm. where do I get out? and have that set now. It's too late to do it while the market's trading and you're going, oh my God, mm. it's my stocks that I own are starting to fall. Where do I get out? Decide that now, but once you've decided, yeah. write it on the chart or write it on a piece of paper or you know, send an email to yourself, this is where I'm getting out. And if you understand that now, it takes all the stress and pain out of trading. You go, okay, well, if it falls, I'm out. And be happy at that point. So decide today at what point that is. And if you're happy with that point, then it's okay. If it hits that point, just get out from there. If it starts to go up again or it stocks you own go up, stay with them until they do run out of um, steam and then start to fall away. But um, really good question, I think, wasn't it? Mm. But we've got our last question for the night and that's mine, I think. It's yours. Um, well, it's Lucky not my you. question. I've, I get to talk about it. But our last question is from Javid who says, um, Hi, Dale and Janine. I hope you guys are, oh, I don't know what that word is. Um, hail and jovial in your life. Is that? I mean, That's very nice of you. That means good looking and fun, I think, <laughs> no, um, in your <laughs> life. And in view of the ongoing COVID outbreak in Victoria, um, I have ordered your book last week and quite excited to read it and learn uh, when I get it. I love your weekly show and anxious, anxiously await every week to listen to your experienced thought about the ASX future twist. Um, I just entered into Australian shares market in January this year before COVID outbreak. Outbreak. I bought Origin and Woodside Petroleum shares with Swing Philosophy, um, but did not put a stop loss on it. So um, I thought I can hold these shares for some time and get advantage uh, when it will swing upside. But unfortunately, it swung downside badly due to unforeseen and unthoughtful situation which occur due to COVID-19. So I have uh, learned two lessons which you guys have always teaching is one, plan your exit before your entry. Very good, mate. Um, And number two, buy on confirmation, not on speculation. So he's learning really well. So that's thank you for picking those up. Finally, can you guys give a thought about these two shares, Origin and Woodside Petroleum, recovering the future as I saw they share totally depend on oil prices rather than the ASX rise and fall. That's correct. Um, many things regard jazz. Good question. All isn't right.
1: It? Um, now I know your long, rule is one. only one stock, so I just picked one. I would have done two, but we've got one here: Origin Energy, ORG. Oh, well,
0: you can do oil searches. The other wasn't it? <laughs> no, Woodside. Woodside. Sorry.
1: Okay. So we looking can still do oil now, searches. what's typical, right? Is you'll, you'll see a lot of charts at the moment that are looking like this. Mm. You, you know, they've had these rises out of the bottom. Um, And this volatility on the way up, and now they've been trading sideways. This is pretty much like the market, isn't Mm. it? So because we're seeing that repetition, this is one of the things I talked about in my podcast briefly today, was that we're seeing a lot of – because ETFs – we've talked about ETFs extensively Mm. are taking over – um, the market, there's a lot of dominance in terms of the money that's going into those. And so we're seeing these sorts of patterns repeated across stocks. So yes. it's algos trading the market to keep it under this control. Mm. And look, with Origin, I think that, um, you know, it's a really good stock. I would say um, the fact that, that he's uh, this person's actually thinking more broadly now is just awesome. Yes, And looking at Origin, I think it's going to be a good stock to trade. It's just a question of direction. And right now, short-term direction's up. Um, and now up to sideways. So it could come back temporarily. but if the stock manages to hold above around $5.520, we may see it push back up above $7 later this year. But you are you worried about that. this
0: at the moment? Mm. Would you be worried about it at the Not moment? Not right
1: now. Mm. It's only if it started to pull back strongly. But if you've mm. got a stop loss on the stock, then you, you, know, you, you don't mm. have anything to be concerned about. You just exit if it doesn't go up and then mm. look to get back in. But, you know, I wouldn't... At the moment, the way the chart is at the moment, and I can't speak for whatever's going to unfold in the coming weeks, but say, for example, it started to push back up again. Well, it probably would be a good proposition then. Correct. Because it yeah. looks like it... If it does push back up, it could get above seven dollars. But I wouldn't be trying to jump into it at this point if people haven't got it. Well all stocks
0: move in a direction then have a breather, whether it's up or down, don't they? They That's move right. up, they have a bit of a breather, they move up, have a bit of a breather, they move up, have a bit of a but breather. But we're seeing
1: a lot of more stocks do this in unison now, mm. which is what I'm pointing out. And I'm I just I'm just going to observe this over time to see how this has potentially had an influence.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting with the energy stocks now and obviously with oil, whether it is, if we all go into lockdown, I mean, the US is getting more and more restrictions mm. every day because there's more and more cases. Us in Victoria, we're in lockdown again. But, you know, I was chatting to somebody today who is out, who has to be out for work. And she said, my God, the first lockdown, there was no cars on the road. And this time there was cars everywhere. So what's going on? Mm -hmm. So, and obviously if the US aren't on the roads, if other places around the world aren't on the road, then less demand for oil because less demand for fuel. Um, and so from our point of view it's great for lower fuel prices um, but from obviously from oil companies like Woodside it's not really good or Caltex as those ones mm. but right now this How's is just affecting having a power
1: and yeah, things like that yeah
0: you know because obviously people are working from home a lot mm. more so in wintertime in Melbourne we're using more gas and electricity if we're all at home mm-hmm. so that could be you know increasing needs for power across but then if industries aren't doing things and it decreases not producing as much they're not mm. producing as much so but this looks all right at the moment so again it, all you need to do is keep a stop loss on it. if it falls away like you know janine's giving some points on that if it falls away then that could be a nice exit place for you if it starts to rise again you know it is finding some support where it is but if it starts to rise again then stay with it and, and the same would be with woodside as well so whilst you may have made in your mind some errors and you know which which you openly said in your your question to us that doesn't mean you can't get out of a situation with some smart thinking and keep read my book and, and obviously set some rules around your exit strategy and stay with it while it goes up but um, thank you for putting in that question but uh, it's now the end of tonight's show Janine so I'm really sorry but I do hope you've enjoyed it and thanks a lot for participating and if you do have a topic that you'd like to or like us to discuss then send it in your ideas and we'll look at your request for our upcoming shows we'd love to have your ideas of what you want us to cover remember to um, hit that subscribe button there wherever it is on the screen so hit the subscribe button now and also remember to like the video because Janine always likes to see the thumbs up on the videos and how many we get she asks me every single morning after the show is how many thumbs up we get so she gets disappointed if there's not at least 30 there so please do that. Does also, that
1: mean I get disappointed every second
0: week? You get disappointed every second <laughs> week so but also remember as Janine said a little bit earlier if, if please share tonight's video on your social media with your friends and colleagues so the show can continue to grow and we can help more and more people. I mean, Jeanette and I are quite happy to keep doing this show. Um, we just need your help to let everybody else see or more people see it so we can help more people in this market and, and ongoing to, you know, to, to help them build better portfolios and avoid falling off cliffs like so many do or have done in the past. But also remember to put this show into your calendar as we will be back right here on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m.
1: And as always, we are happy to receive your 30-second video questions. So send them to info and just type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. on Tuesdays to get that into that night's show.
0: Well, that does bring us to the end of the show. And again, we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we have bringing it to As always, thanks for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. So stay safe, everybody.
1: Just remember, if anybody's bored during COVID, they can always read Dale's book. Oh, yeah. Put a mask on. <laughs> Bye for now.
0: <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening.